0: I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. College readiness is increasingly the goal in American education, uh, but how best to measure it? A lot of states are wrestling with that decision as they're making choices about which assessments to use to uh, evaluate whether students are ready to move on to the next stage of education. One of those states is Massachusetts, where the State Board of Education has just today uh, voted uh, neither to continue its legacy test, the MCAS, uh, nor to shift entirely to the new PARC assessment aligned to the Common Core, but rather to pursue a hybrid approach. One of the key factors that led them to that decision was a recent report out of Mathematica Policy Research. I'm joined today by Ira nichols bearer and Brian Gill from Mathematica, uh, two of the authors of that report, along with Kate Place and Aaron Dillon. I'm Marty West, Executive Editor of Education Next, and uh, it's great to have you all with me for the Ed next podcast. Great to be here,
1: Marty. Thanks. Thank you.
0: So, Ira, tell me uh, about the you know, origins of this study and, uh, you know, what issues you were trying to clarify for the State Board of Education as it made this very high-profile decision.
2: So in terms of the origins of this study, this was organized by the Executive Office of Education, which uh, faced a real challenge at the beginning of this year, um, which is that there was almost no b- reliable, rigorous evidence about uh, these two exams, the MCAS test and the new Park exam. So what, the, uh, what they decided to do was design a very quick turnaround study that could provide immediate information about which, which test the state should choose.
0: Yeah, I, I know from experience about the lack of uh, evidence to inform the state's decision because I was part of an academic advisory panel uh, that the Secretary of Education in the Commonwealth put together, uh, and it was very easy for us to identify the relevant considerations, but... Uh, Once we began to look at what evidence there was to draw on to, you know, think about which way the decision should go, it was pretty scant. So tell us more about the specific sort of issue that you uh, were able to look at in real time for the board.
2: So we were looking at the predictive validity of MCAS and of PARC in terms of predicting students' outcomes in college. Well, how are we going to get
0: a predictive validity, uh, you know, given that the students are only taking the test for the first time now and we're interested in, you know, what they uh, are, how they're going to fare in college in a few years?
2: Right. So that was a, a real challenge. So we didn't have the luxury of waiting three years for students who took the test in 10th grade to reach college. So instead we needed immediate data. And so what the study did was administered either PARC or MCAS to a sample of college students, first year college students, so we could look at exactly what their college outcomes were this year, the same year they took
0: the test. And so what did you all find?
2: So our headline finding is that these tests provide an equivalent amount of information in terms of their overall predictive validity relative to college outcomes, college GPA, and remediation in college.
0: Okay, so if I administer the test to uh, the you know either test to the same students, or I guess what you're doing actually is administering different tests to different groups of students randomly drawn, and then trying to use their results to predict how well they're doing in college. Uh, you sort of do equally well, regardless of which test you use the information from?
2: So that's true overall, um, but we did find a significant difference in one respect with these tests, and that's related to the performance level cut scores. That's the labels you, you get if you achieve a certain score on the test.
0: Now, MCAS are, has already been sort of famously uh, rigorous in its definition of student proficiency. So did you find that MCAS was actually more rigorous than the PARC? Actually, no.
2: In math, we found the reverse. So in English language arts, the two tests are are equivalently rigorous in terms of these performance levels. But in math, there's a significant difference. The so,
0: so even in Massachusetts, a state with sort of again famously high standards, uh, the Park definition of college readiness appears to be a significant step upwards, and that step upwards is is beneficial when it comes to figuring out who's really ready. What what? Sort of definition of college readiness did you all use and is used in the field?
1: Well um, I don't think there's a standard definition in the field unfortunately. Um, We took a look at a couple of outcomes. We um, examined whether the students needed to take remedial courses and we looked at their grades uh, and we looked at their grade point averages and and also the percentage of them who were able to earn B grades in college. Um, and it turned out that... And I
0: learned from your report that this is one of the criteria that Park is sort of using to evaluate its success. It wants to, uh, or states as its goal, it wants to uh, identify students who have a 75% chance of getting a, a C average. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. Park set as a policy goal that uh, a student who reaches the level deemed that they deemed college ready should have a 75% chance of earning C grades in college. And we found that they met that goal. In fact, uh, students reaching the college level standard um, had greater than a 75% chance of earning C grades in both English language arts and math. Um, you see a notable difference in mathematics. And when you look at uh, the average GPAs and the percentage of students who can earn a B, that um, Park being college ready in park gives you a much higher chance of earning a B in college than achieving the what MCAS deems as proficient
0: in math. And is that both in English language arts and in math?
2: Actually, no. In, in English language arts, the uh, those two categories are equivalent on the two tests. The proficient MCAS score gives you the same signal you get from a College Ready Park score. They're okay, different so in math.
0: Ma- MCAS's definition of proficiency in math is lower than uh, what the Park has put forward. Uh, at least as it's implemented in Massachusetts. I know that other states may make different decisions with respect to cut scores uh, as well. All right, so. Uh, you know, what do these results mean? How do you see them feeding into the decision-making process here in Massachusetts? One of the really unique things about this study was uh, that it was uh, done to inform a policy decision in real time. So how did that process unfold?
2: So I, in a lot of ways, this it was, uh, was fascinating to watch it unfold. So we, we presented our results as soon as we had them to the Executive Office of Education and then directly to the Board of Education about a month before they voted mm-hmm. on, on these two tests. And participating in that discussion, I think the main message we had is that uh, predictive validity is not going to, provide a clear answer about which test to use essentially there were two ways uh, to align Massachusetts test testing system with uh, preparedness for college um, one would be to adopt PARC and get the advantage of that more rigorous performance cut score in math, or the other option would be to reform the cut scores on, on MCAS. And either, raise them. And yeah. raise them. Either one of those approaches could provide equivalent predictions. So that points to looking for other differences between these exams. Yeah, and that,
0: that's important because a lot of claims were being made about the ability of the new assessments, uh, either the PARC or the Smarter Balance, to be a better uh, predictor of college readiness. And so uh, I think you were able to sort of Take that consideration out of the uh, decision making process for the board. So, if that's the case, so what, are, what are the other key uh, criteria that they'd be looking at when making this decision?
2: Well, there are several. Um, so, one relates to the, uh, the governance of the exam. So, the, the park exam is governed by a consortium of states, not just Massachusetts, although uh, the Commissioner of Education directs the, mm-hmm. the park board. Um, there's still other states who have a very strong voice in designing park and the elements of park. Um, there, there's um, pros and cons to that. Um, the states share the cost burden of developing and administering the test. There's cost savings. Um, there's also the ability to compare uh, test scores across state lines when you're part of a consortium. Um, but there's also challenges related to coordinating with other states. Um, but I think. One of the most important differences to consider is the signals that these testing systems send to teachers and the way the tests may affect teaching practice in different ways.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, how a lot of people, I think, have reacted to this set of findings, is they saying that predictive validity is just one consideration, as you're pointing out, and that it may be that the uh, types of instructional shifts that are encouraged by the types of test items included in the park. Uh, the next generation assessment may be more desirable in terms of improving student achievement. Is there, first of all, what are the differences in the types of items that are used in the two assessments? And then, you know, what do you think of that uh, argument? And uh, do your results speak to it at all?
2: Yeah, so it's difficult for us to answer, uh, so it certainly not wasn't part of the scope of our study to look at that question. Um, there have been other researchers who've done uh, content analysis of these two tests, and uh, one of the findings that's come out of that, and this is certainly a point made by advocates on behalf of PARC, is that the PARC exam includes more open-ended uh, questions, and uh, cert- it includes test questions that at least... Um, ostensibly are designed to measure t- deeper learning and less sort of memorization type questions. Um, if that's true, that might send different signals to teachers about how they should go about um, conducting their teaching during the year to improve students' test scores.
1: It's also I would say it's also worth pointing out that this study might have turned out quite differently if it had been done in a different state than Massachusetts. So in Massachusetts, Massachusetts has adopted the Common Core. And uh,
0: and it's aligned the MCAS to the Common Core, the right? MCAS, so this right. is not a study of whether a test aligned to the Common Core does a better job than uh, a study that's not aligned to the Common that's Core. That's
1: exactly right. So, And as you pointed out earlier, Marty, uh, Massachusetts is well known for having uh, standards on its assessments that are pretty high re- relative to most states. Um, So of course we don't have any way of knowing whether some other state's assessment would have would do a better or worse job of predicting college readiness Um, we do have some reason to believe however that um that in many states there might be uh, a greater difference between park and legacy assessments in terms of the proficiency levels um given that we've seen that in mathematics park standard is higher than the one that, Ma- that Massachusetts had set on MCAS, and Massachusetts is known for having high standards, the, the difference might be considerably more even in other states.
0: But uh, I, I understand that point, but uh, it seems to me that the choice of a cut point is a fairly straightforward one. Uh, it can be changed overnight. Uh, at least if the political will is there to uh, to do so. Uh, and Technically,
1: I, it is a straightforward one. Whether it's politically simple sure. is, is maybe another question. And I could certainly imagine circumstances in which it might actually be easier to adopt a new – politically to adopt a new test than to change a cut point. But, but
0: one possible <laughs> interpretation of your findings is that these differences across assessments, whether from one – legacy state test to another legacy state test, uh, or from the legacy test to this next generation of assessments, uh, actually aren't as significant as uh, they've been made out to be. Um, And would you all be comfortable with that as an interpretation of your findings, at least uh, with respect to predictive validity? Maybe one way to put it is that psychometricians had in the legacy test done what they know how to do with respect to predicting which students are ready to succeed at the next stage. Uh, and the next generation really is uh, not much of a change when it comes to that purpose.
1: We, we certainly don't see evidence that it's making a big change. I mean, we also, compared the predictive validity of these assessments with the predictive validity of the SAT, and it produces about the same correlations. Um, So um, there's nothing here that that suggests that the new assessments are dramatically better than old ones at, at predicting college readiness. Now, there are caveats you have to allow here. One is that we're only comparing to one of the legacy state assessments, which might be better than typical ones, mm-hmm. we don't know. Another is that uh, we weren't able to look at all of the park assessments. PARC has high school assessments in lots of different grades and subjects, um, and we were only able to look at a couple of them. And it could be that, uh, that some of the other assessments do better or that some combination of data from those assessments would do better.
0: Um, but I, I, I really do think that a, a clear message of your findings is that uh, improvements in predictive validity are going to be hard to come by, uh, and yes. that probably that should not be the central uh, criteria when decision makers in Massachusetts and elsewhere are choosing between the assessments, uh, and that really what it comes down to is something that you're study doesn't directly speak to, uh, which is what types of changes in instruction result from the use of the different uh, assessments going forward. Does that sound like a fair summary? Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree completely. And that was the message we gave to the board. And maybe that's something that uh, Mathematica can do the next major study of, instructional shifts in response to uh, choices of assessments from one state to the next. I hope so. That would, would love to.
1: Yeah. Yes, that will take a little longer to do <laughs> than, this, than this study did. But yes. Well,
0: uh, thank you, Ira. Thank you, Brian, for joining me today. And congratulations on what I think is really an excellent example of uh, rigorous research being done uh, to inform a policy decision in real time. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.